All right, what's up? Hey, uh, really glad that y'all are here today. And um, let me just say, uh, I've seen, uh, I was walking around out there earlier. Uh, I'm going to do a lot of thank yous later, but let me just say to those y'all came in from out of town, flew in, and I know most of you drove in, uh, it's awesome to see y'all. Some of y'all used to be here. Um, I'm glad to see Charles and Amy back over there in their regular seat. That seat has been unoccupied since y'all moved to North Carolina, so glad y'all are back. But uh, really glad that y'all are here. Appreciate y'all coming. And uh, the connection card that Donnie mentioned earlier, I know some of y'all are missing your own church to be here. If you'll take that connect, we don't have a bulletin here, but if you'll take that connection card back to your church and turn it in, you can get uh, perfect attendance. So remember when we used to do that? Remember we used to go on vacation, you're a kid, and you're like, we got to get a bulletin so we can go back and show we were at church. And I'm glad that's uh, passed on. But uh, really glad y'all are here. Um, we're, and also, let me give a shout out to the kids that are normally in the back. If you're a kid normally in the back, let me hear you say something. Just, uh, parents, I'm going to let them do this. Go ahead and shout out. Say something. Zane, I know you've been waiting on this. Come on, shout it out right now. Your mama's been on you to be quiet the whole time, and I'm giving you a chance. If you're a kid, go ahead and shout it out right now. All right. What they do? They, y'all must have gave them Benadryl before they got in here or something. I just want to say thank y'all for being here, youngins. I know it's going to be hard to sit still. And uh, parents, just uh, fuss at them, but don't wear them out when you get home today. All right. I'm in favor of wearing out kids, but today let them have it in honor of me. Don't wear them out. So. Hey, uh, really glad that you're here. Um, this is, um, I hope this is not your first Sunday here. Not that I don't want you to come to church here, but this is my last Sunday here as the pastor. And uh, so please come back if this is your first Sunday here. And I, I'm just going to tell you, it's been, um, as I've been preparing for this message today, it's really hard to narrow down what I wanted to say. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever, I don't know if you've ever been in a church where they let a guy preach for the very first time. It's always painful to hear someone preach for the very first time because what normally happens is you get a guy and he thinks he needs to tell you everything he knows about the Bible at one time because he might not ever get a shot. So you end up with messages with like 14 points, that kind of thing. And those of you that, that teach know, I mean, I think my first sermon had like 10 points, which is, it was terrible. Nobody remembers it. I don't remember it, thankfully. And, uh, and so I kind of feel like that today when I was preparing for today. I thought there's so much I want to say. But, uh, but I, I tried to push all that to the side and just focus on one thing and in the hopes that, by God's grace, some of what I've taught you for the last 10 years has already stuck. So some of those things that I've wanted you to know, hopefully I don't have to repeat uh, today. And, uh, and so, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're moving, moving into uh, to this, this year now. Uh, it's June. September of this year will be 11 years since since I started working on this church full-time. I had been on staff uh, at Fairview Baptist Church in Greer for 10 years, and Sherry and I uh, resigned in, in uh, September 1st, started working on planting a church, and it was just us and a, and a handful of other families, and uh, we started on all that stuff. And so it's been 11 years, so it's been natural leading up to today, it's been natural to look back a little bit. It's been natural to reminisce. Uh, I rode this last week, I rode by our old office on Middleton Way, that some of y'all remember where that used to be. I rode by there, rode through the parking lot, and on the, on the back you can still see our old logo through that sign, even though they painted over it. I went by the library to my very first office, 
um, where the, the Greer Library, and I went to the table I always sat at, and I sat down at that table. It was really awkward for the other people sitting there, but I sat there anyway and <laughs> just stared them down. And uh, so, you know, I d- I've done a lot of that reminiscing over the last couple of weeks, and that's natural. And, and, and we should, after, after what we've done together for the last uh, 10 years, over 10 years now, it's natural to look back. But one of the things about looking back is looking back can be dangerous if we're not careful. Because one of the things that we do when we look back is uh, we tend to look back and only remember the good things. That's, we, and, and it's just funny that, that we do that as human beings. We look back and everything back then was just, oh, it was so great. And we didn't have the problems we have now. And I wish we could go back to the way it was then. And many of you have been in churches where you've heard that. I mean, I, I'm sure you have. You've been in churches where they talk about, boy, it was so much better when old pastor so-and-so was here back in 1962. That was when it was great. And you might not think that that happens at this church, but let me tell you something. Ten years old, it already happens here. I've had some of you over the years that have said to me, Boy, you know, I just missed the feeling that we had when we were just meeting in homes. And I'm thinking, yeah, that was awesome. Those days were awesome. But let me tell you something. If we were still doing that, we would not be doing what God wants us to do. And so those days were great, but they weren't perfect. And today is great, but it's certainly not perfect. And tomorrow is going to be even greater, but it's not going to be perfect either. And so that's what, that's what I want us to talk about a little bit today, because it is natural for us to look back. But looking back should lead us to do a couple of things. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And, and uh, when, I was, when I was preparing for today, I was praying through what, what passage of Scripture that I should focus on. And, and uh, my, my uh, Bible reading plan that I do through version. a couple weeks ago I read Deuteronomy chapter 4. And when I read that, I thought, oh, I think that's it. I think that's it for the last day. And so, so I, I didn't circle it because it was on my iPad. That would have been weird. But, uh, but I, I wrote it down. In, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 4. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and find Deuteronomy chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 32 through 40 in just a minute. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It'll be on the screen. You can see it up there. But um, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 32 through 40. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible, so it's right near the beginning, um, and so it's easy to find. But, but let me give you the context of what's happening in Deuteronomy chapter 4 so you'll understand uh, where, where things are. This is the, uh, the, the people of Israel have been slaves in Egypt, all right? They were slaves there. It was bad news, uh, slave labor. They were building the pyramids, building the giant sphinx, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then, then Moses shows up. God calls Moses to come back to Israel, I mean, back to Egypt where he was born. He brings them back there. He does the whole let my people go thing in front of Pharaoh, who was his stepbrother, by the way, which is kind of weird. And so, so they have this whole deal. And then, then God releases the people of Israel from Egypt, and he does it in miraculous ways. And he sends plagues, and, he, and, he, uh, and, and, and then they get out, and they cross a, an ocean opens up. They cross an ocean on dry land. And now they're out, and, and they're getting ready to go to what God calls the promised land. But while they're out there, uh, they do some stupid stuff, and God punishes them. And so now they've been wandering in the desert, the wilderness, for 40 years. And so when you get to Deuteronomy chapter 4, they're right on the brink of entering into the promised land. The wandering is finished. And so Moses takes an opportunity to look back. He takes an opportunity to look back at what God has done. But then he also takes an opportunity to point them forward to what's next. And so, so let's read this together. Deuteronomy 4, 32 through 40. I'm going to read a little bit and talk a little bit, and, then, and, uh, and we'll just do it that way. So verse 32, Moses says this. 
For ask now of the days that are past, which were before you, since the day that God created man on the earth, and ask from one end of heaven to the other, whether such a great thing as this has ever happened or was ever heard of. Did any people ever hear the voice of a God speaking out of the midst of the fire as you have heard and still live? Or has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and by great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? So Moses has taken just a moment to help them look back and say, listen, maybe you've forgotten. And it's been 40 years. And in fact, most of you that lived in Egypt have died. And these were stories you heard from your parents and your grandparents. But let me tell you what happened. When you were in Egypt, it was bad news. It was terrible there. And God himself was hands-on. He worked to bring you out, and he did it himself. You didn't have to do it. And so he's getting them just to look back at the great things God has done. And then verse 35, he says this. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Out of heaven, he lets you hear his voice, that he might discipline you. And on earth, he lets you see his great fire, and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers and chose their offspring after them and brought you out of Egypt with his own presence by his great power, driving out before you nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in to give you their land for an inheritance as it is to this day. Now let me stop right here because verse 38 we're going to focus on in just a second, but let me, let me let you know what Moses is saying there. They've been talking about going to the promised land. They've been on the road to the promised land. This has been something they've been hearing about for generations now. They're about to get there, and you need to understand the promised land was not fenced off and no one was there. The promised land was occupied. And so God, Moses is telling them, get ready, because what God has done, he's getting ready to do some more great things in front of you, because this place is occupied. We're not going in, and they're going to roll out the welcome mat. In fact, it's going to be much different than that. And then look at verses 39 and 40. Know therefore today, and lay it to your heart, that the Lord is God in heaven above, and on the earth beneath. There is no other. Therefore you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time. So when we look back, Moses is telling the children of Israel to look back. Today it's natural for us to want to look back. When we look back, I think there's two things that looking back should lead us to do. And the first one is this. We need to remember that God will lead us in the future just as he has led us in the past. God will lead us in the future just as he has led us in the past. Moses begins that, that conversation with the people by saying, look at all this great stuff God's done. He brought you out of Egypt. You were slaves. If it were not for God, you would still be slaves. And then he says, not only did he do that, but he spoke out of the fire. And, and he, he did these mighty acts with his own hand. And he laid waste to a whole nation. And by the way, and in case you forgot this, also when they left, all the people of Israel just went to their next door neighbors. And the next door neighbors gave them like all their gold and said, here, you're leaving our country. We're not going to have slave labor. But here, take our stuff. I mean, God just did amazing things to take care of the children of Israel. And so Moses is saying, look back on that. But then... As God has led you in the past, he's not going to quit leading you now. He's going to lead you in the future because you get to verse 38 and it says this. 
driving out before you nations greater and mightier than you to bring you in, to give you their land for an inheritance as it is this day. These are things that haven't happened yet when Moses is talking to them. So when he's talking about driving out nations, he's saying this is what God's done, and then he says this is what he's about to do. Now keep in mind, they knew, the people of Israel knew, that Moses wasn't going with them into the promised land. You knew that, right? Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. And so he had been leading them this whole time, and they're right on the doorstep, and they know when we, walk, when we cross in, Moses isn't going to be there anymore. This guy we followed, this guy we've trusted, this guy who has declared the word of God to us, he's not going to be there, and we're about to walk in, and guess what? It's not unoccupied. There are great nations ahead of us that need to be overthrown. There's this whole city called Jericho that has the mightiest walls that anybody's ever heard of. What in the world are we going to do about that? How are we going to get over those walls? They had to be scared. They had to be nervous. They, they were unsure of leadership, and, and th there they were on the brink. And Moses is telling them, listen, God, just as he led you out of Egypt, he's going to destroy all those nations and he's going to give you this land because he's promised to do it. And why is he going to do it? Because in verse 39, he says there, Know therefore today and lay it on your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath there is no other. The reason he's going to do it because he's God and he hasn't changed. Moses wasn't going to be there anymore. The situation was going to be different. Their parents and grandparents that, that lived in Egypt were now gone, and this was a new generation, and, and, but God is still the same. God has not changed. I love verse 38 where he talks about the things he's going to do, driving out before you nations greater and mightier to bring you in, to give you their land for an, is, is for an inheritance. You know what we can do when we read that? We need to add the words I will in front of those things because those were things God had not done yet. And so what you can say there is God saying, I will drive out before you nations greater and mightier than you. I will bring you in. I will give you their land for an inheritance. And I want you to, to understand today that as we look back, I want you to look back today. I want you to be amazed at what God has done through this church. I want you to be amazed at the fact that 10 years ago, this church didn't exist. There was no Freedom Fellowship. So when new people moved into town, they had a lot of churches to choose from, a lot of great churches, but one they didn't have to choose from was Freedom Fellowship. It wasn't here. Be amazed at the fact that, that something that, that started as a, as a dream, as an idea, grew into reality, and God made that happen. You need to be amazed at the fact that, that there have been people whose eternities have changed, people that before this church started were bound to die and go to hell, and because of the ministry of this church, because of what you've done, what we've done together, now they're going to spend eternity forever in heaven. There are people now because of this church that before they knew God, but they were wandering away, they were far away from church, they didn't want anything to do with church anymore, and now they're back, they're serving here, they're, they're committed to not only God himself, but they're committed to his bride, the church, and that stuff has happened, and we need to be amazed at those things, but as we're amazed at that, we also need to remember that God has a whole new set of I wills for what's going to come next. Just like he told the Israelites, look back at what I did bringing you out of Egypt. But then he said, I will drive out nations. I will give you their land for an inheritance. You know what he's telling us today? He's saying, I will continue to make this church a light in a dark world. I will provide for you a pastor that's going to shepherd and teach you. I will provide for you a permanent facility to meet in. I will, I will, I will. God has a whole new set of I wills for this church. Just as he's led us in the past, he's going to continue to lead us in the future. The God of verse 39, 
the God where it says that he is the Lord God in heaven and above and on the earth and there is no other. He's still here. He's still going to lead this church. Then the second thing I think that, that looking back should make us do is that it should make us realize that we need to know his word and live by his word. Know his word and live by his word. Moses talks about, okay, God brought you out of Egypt. God's going to drive out these nations. And then verse 40, he says, so what do you do today? Because God's done this, because, because God's led us in the past, because God's going to lead us in the future, therefore, you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time. We have been given a great gift in the Bible. And we live in a country where we can read it all you want. No one is going to break into your house and put you in jail for reading the scripture. We're meeting here today publicly and we're talking about the word of God. You can meet in small groups and read the word of God together. And nobody can stop you from doing that. And we have a great gift in the Bible. We have more access to it than we ever have in our lives 20 years ago if you wanted to take your bible to work you had to carry your bible to work and people had to look at you like you were some kind of wacko i'm glad that people did that 20 years ago but you know what you can do now you can carry it on your phone and you can be sitting in the car line while you're waiting to pick somebody up from school and just pop it open and read it you can be sitting uh in in your car at a stoplight and pop it open and read it and then forget that you're there and somebody honks at you and then you cuss at them and then you go back and read the bible later because you realize oh i probably shouldn't do that while i'm reading god's word but we we have this great access great access to god's word and still we neglect it we still neglect it and and what moses is telling the people there is listen when you look back and you see the great things god has done what that should do for you today is realize we need to know his word and we need to live by his word. One, one of the things that um, I, did, I did try to think about, what were the things I've consistently taught you as a church for 10 years? And uh, there were a few things, but one of the biggest things that I've tried to teach for 10 straight years, and so I'm going to say it today on my last Sunday here, read your Bible for yourself. I'm not talking about reading a book about the Bible. Those are fine. I'm not talking about just reading a devotion book that it has a story about an old woman who's lonely and her little girl next door neighbor has tea with her and then at the bottom it has a Bible verse. Those are fine too. But what I'm talking about is read the Word every single day. More than once a day. Read the Word. And when you read it and you don't understand it, pick it up and read it again the next day. Read the Word. Read it for yourself. I've said this forever, so I'm going to say it again, last day. I'm just going to repeat myself. If Sunday morning, for the 30 minutes, 40 minutes that I teach, or Donnie teaches, if that's the only word you're getting, you are spiritually malnourished. It'd be no different if you ate one meal a week. You'd be physically malnourished. Read the word yourself. Moses tells them there, he says, not just to to uh, memorize or to know the statutes, but he says you shall keep his statutes and his commandments. So as you read it, you need to then put it into practice. In the New Testament, there's a verse where it talks about that if you, if you read the word and don't put it into practice, it said it's like looking at yourself in a mirror and then walking away and forgetting what your face looks like. 
He says we should put this stuff into practice every single day. Not just memorize it. That's awesome. Not just listening to it. That's good too. But live it out. Do the hard things. When the Bible says forgive, you forgive. When the Bible says give, you give. When the Bible says love, you love. All those kinds of things. We need to put the word into practice. So as, as, we, as we look back on what God's done, I want you to remember the God who's led us in the past, the God who led us to start this church, the God who led us to start meeting at Greer High School, the God who led us to, to buy property out on Highway 290, the God who changed lives, the God who, was, who changed lives that we got to see those people baptized, the God who did all that stuff is going to continue to lead us in the future. And then for today, we need to know his word. We need to study it, read it, memorize it, meditate on it, cherish it. Uh, I, I told you that I wanted to thank some folks, and uh, this might take as long as, the, as that part did. So, and I've got, a, I've got them written down so I won't forget exactly what I wanted to say. Um, and so, uh, by the way, I don't know, did any, was anybody taking bets on the over-under of how many times I would cry today? Because, uh, yeah, I think somebody was taking action on that back in the back. And uh, I haven't cried yet, pretty good, but uh, this, this might be where it happens. So, uh, so just get ready. And I forgot my handkerchief at home, so that means I'm going to be wiping on this new shirt that I got for my birthday. Um, let, me, let me thank uh, different folks. And um, first of all, uh, obviously, I, I think the most obvious one and, and who I want to thank first is I want to thank you as a congregation. Uh, you as the people of this church. Um, this is, um, without a doubt, this is the most encouraging, appreciating, appreciative, loving group of, uh, of people I've ever been associated with. Uh, this, is, this is a congregation that um, has, uh, you've helped me to become the pastor that I am, the person that I am, and I, I love you for that. Um, and, uh, I, and then specifically in this congregation, I want to thank those of you who volunteer. Uh, that are here week in and week out. In fact, right now, um, or I think maybe they're done now, there's a group of people that already was over at Lake Cunningham this morning getting stuff ready, and I just was laughing about it to myself, thinking, you know, at Freedom, we can't do anything without having to set it up and tear it down. I mean, I mean if, if we ever, one day we're going to have a building where we can leave stuff up, we're not going to know what to do. If, you know, we're probably going to tear it down at the end of the service just so we'll feel at home. But, uh, but I want to thank you as volunteers. Um, there are those of you that, that, like I said, you've been faithfully coming and setting this stuff up, people playing on stage Wednesday nights, people um, meeting and working with our teenagers, loving on them, people that teach our children, changing diapers, kissing babies, doing all that stuff. We even have some folks that are serving there today. Most of you didn't, but we even have some folks that said, yeah, I'll miss Cliff's last message because I want to be back here loving on these babies. Um, and and here's, here's the reality. Next week, I'm not going to be here. And you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a worship service here. Next week, if all of you volunteers decided to go home, it would shut us down. So I, don't, I cannot overestimate how important you are to what happens to this church. You work long hours. Uh, you work in bad weather. And we've never paid you a thing. And, uh, and you do the same thing week after week. And I, I wanted to tell you how awesome you are for doing that. Um, also, there's a smaller group in our congregation that I want to thank. Um, I want to thank those of you who've been here since the very beginning. Um, there are some of you in here that, that worshiped with us over at the release time building. 
and then there's others of you that, that were here the very first Sunday in March, and then there's others of you that were here during that first year sometime. Thank you so much um, for your faithfulness. Um, thank you for staying. Uh, that you had plenty of opportunities you could have left and gone somewhere else. Uh, when, when we didn't get a building, still don't have a building. When we changed staff, when rumors were started about me and Donnie and whatever else, you could have left, but you stayed. And your faithfulness uh, means the world to me personally, but it also has made this church a, a, a stronger church. And, uh, and, and thank you so much for, for, for still being here. You know, I was thinking about those of you that have been here since the beginning. You know, this was my first time being a pastor. And so, obviously, I've uh, messed a lot of stuff up. And Donnie and I joke all the time when we're in meetings and we talk about, man, we got this big problem. And then I look at Donnie and I say, well, guess what? We created it. We didn't inherit it from any. We can't blame the former pastor. You know, all I can do is look in the mirror and say, Cliff, that problem you got? Congratulations. It's on you, buddy. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a quote that I read one time from, uh, from Will Rogers. Uh, if you don't know who he is, kids, uh, look him up, Wikipedia. Um, where Will Rogers said this, good judgment comes from experience, and a lot of that comes from bad judgment. And, uh, and I, I think I'm a better pastor today than I used to be, but a lot of that's happened because I've made mistakes. And so I want to thank you, those of you that have been here from the beginning. I want to thank you for, for allowing me to mess up and still staying, still loving us through it. Uh, I want to thank you for, for preparing me for what I'm going to do next. Uh, the, the job that I'm about to start in the middle of July, I'm going to be uh, helping new pastors, talking to them about the struggles of being a pastor, talking to them about how to teach, talking to them about all these different things. And you know who's taught me a lot of that? Y'all have. You've trained me for my next position. If you hadn't done such a good job, I'd still be here as your pastor. So thank you. Uh, I want to thank, um, I, I, this is the only, I'm, I'm only going to do this with one family, and, and, and uh, I want to thank one family in particular, uh, and that's uh, Mark and Lisa Wilson. And uh, the reason I want to thank them in particular is uh, they were the very, very first people that said, that heard what we were going to do and said, hey, we want to do this with you. So not only was there no worship service to know yet or a place to come or anything, there was not even any other families. And uh, they said, yeah, we'll, we'll do this with you. And uh, so much of what freedom is today was dreamed up around their dining room table. Uh, we would sit in their house and plan and meet, and then other families came along, which was great. And for a long time, it was just a little small group of us, and we'd sit around that dining room table and pray and dream and think, and we'd put our little bit of money together, and we started sending it off to a new church but even before we had, uh, had started and that kind of stuff. And then I want to thank Mark Wilson, uh, individually because Mark basically fed my family for the first two years that we uh, started this church. Uh, I, I left my job at Fairview, uh, couldn't do anything but ministry, never had done anything else. And, um, and Mark said, well, you need a way to make some money, don't you? And I said, yeah. And uh, he said, well, why don't you come work for me? And I said, Mark's an, Mark uh, then was doing electrical work and he was an electrician. I said, well, Mark, I've never done that. He said, it doesn't matter, I'll train you. And uh, Mark trained me how to do stuff, and I worked with him. We, uh, we wired houses and hung ceiling fans and did all that stuff. And, uh, and he, was, he, he was always just so kind and giving to me, and, uh, and I want to thank him personally for that. And I'll never be able to pay that back, 
But the great thing is I know he doesn't expect me to. Never has. And so, um, I want to thank our elders, um, Gary Wilson, Don Dockery, Mark King, Vlad Sabo, Tracy Burkhalter, Mike Brees, and then uh, two guys that were elders that just rotated off this past year, Mark Johnson and Brian Thomas. Um, you men have done what you're supposed to do as elders. You've protected the mission of this church, and you've protected me as the pastor. Uh, thank you for being willing to sit through and argue through long meetings until we got it right. Um, thank you for carrying the burden of pastoring this church with me. Uh, there were days when, uh, when this job was a lot easier because I knew y'all were there. Um, and I want you to know that I will be praying daily for each of you as you lead this church during the transition that's coming up. And then I want to thank, um, there's a group of men, I'm not going to call them by name, you know who you are, that, that have been close friends with me. Um, I want to thank you for having honest conversations over breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee. Uh, thank you for... Um, times we spent together going to ball games, going to concerts. Um, but I want to thank you most of all for, for just being my friend because I'm Cliff and not because I'm the pastor. And, uh, and that means so much. And uh, one of the reasons I want to thank you for that is because I'm not going to be the pastor anymore and I know we'll still be friends, which is, which is awesome. Um, now uh, I want to, there you go, number one. So whoever has that. I want to thank our staff. Um, oh, thanks, sweetie. Oh, it's from my daddy. Thanks, daddy. Leave it. Grandpa always has his handkerchief ready. This one doesn't even look used. Thanks. Uh, our staff, uh, you work more hours and wear more hats than, than we can afford to pay you for. Uh, and I want to thank you for that. Your daily attention to the details of ministry uh, has made my job so much easier. Uh, I'm honored to have been able to serve alongside with each of you to strengthen this church, to make it what it is. And then I want to, uh, in particular, thank Donnie. Donnie, you mean more to me than I can express just with words. Um, Donnie, uh, Donnie has sacrificed more than anybody here knows for the good of this church. And you've sacrificed more than anybody knows for me. And I, I would just want to say thank you for that. Uh, you've taken care of me. You've encouraged me. You've challenged me. And I want you to know that I'm a better leader. I'm a better pastor and I'm a better man because of your influence in my life. Um, and I think the best thing I can say to you in front of all these folks is that for the last 10 years, I've never, ever doubted whether you were supporting me. I've never had to doubt whether you had my back. 
And there's no way that I could have done this as long as I did without you. And I want to tell you I love you. Thank you to my girls, Emily and Grace. Uh, the greatest joy in my life is that I get to be your dad. Um, and, you know, y'all don't know what it's like to be normal church kids. Uh, you don't know what it's like to ride with your dad to church. We've never done that. Um, you don't know what it's like to come to church five minutes before the service starts and slip out before the last song so you can hurry and get to the Taco Bell or whatever. Um, you're always here early. You're always here late. Uh, you don't know what it's like to get to skip out on Halloween hoopla or VBS or baptism, any of that stuff, you're always here. Uh, but the great thing is that, that through all of that, um, you've never resented the church for that and you've never resented me for that. And, uh, and so thank you. And I'm, I'm just so proud of the, the young women that you're becoming. And I want you to know I love you both. And then... Um, my greatest thanks goes to my wife, Sherry. Been married 24 years in June. You're my biggest encourager and my best friend. You're also the best pastor's wife I've ever known, which has worked out awesome since I've been a pastor. <laughs> Had no idea you were such a good pastor's wife, so that worked out great. Uh, so, much of, so much of the girls not resenting the church and resenting me is because of you. Because you taught them that this is what dad has to do, and it's a good thing. And we're going to do this together as a family. Um, planning a church has been uh, difficult, has not been easy. But it's been so much better with you doing it with me. We've always been a team. And we're going to be a team on this new thing we're doing, too. Thank you for all the ways you've served this church, not just me. And thank you for the ways you'll continue to serve this church. I couldn't have done any of this without your consistent loving support and friendship. I love you. Later on, I'm going to kiss her for all that, but y'all don't get to see that. <laughs> Let me just say a few things uh, to close up here. Um, I said some of this on the day that I announced that I was leaving. So I want to repeat it. So if you want to write it down, write it down. Keep attending and keep giving consistently. And I'll, I said it the day that I resigned. I'm going to say it again. I'm, I'm only half joking. For some of you, that means start attending and giving consistently. This is not the time to show up at worship service once a month. This is not the time to say, well, I'm going to buy that boat that I wanted and not give my tithe to the church. Give your tithe to the church. Buy the boat later and invite me to go fishing with you, but give your tithe to the church first. Keep attending. Keep giving consistently. Let me just say this about attending. Next week is July 4th weekend. This whole crowd of people over here that drove in from Columbia and Traveler's Rest, they're not going to be here, all right? Charles and Amy aren't going to be here. Joel and Nancy aren't going to be here. There's a bunch of others. You're not going to be here next week. You're going to go back to your own churches. And it's July 4th weekend. Some of you already know you're going to be 
shooting fireworks and cooking pigs and doing some of that at the lake or somewhere else. So when you come next week and you walk in and there's not a lot of people here, I don't want you to say, well, good night, look at there. First week, Cliff's gone. The church's already gone downhill. You know it's going to be low next week. Keep coming. Come back the next week. Keep attending. Keep giving. Other thing I want to encourage you to do, really want to encourage you to do this, is stay informed. And what I mean by that is take every opportunity. If, we, if, if, if Freedom sends you an email, you need to open it and read it because it's probably going to have an update on what's going on. There's going to be a page on the website that's going to be specifically about the, the, the pastoral search. You need to look at that. When you get an email that says that page has been updated, you need to go to it. You get an email with a, a video in it, you need to, to open it up, listen to what someone's telling you about the, the search. You need to stay informed. And if you have questions, don't ask somebody in the parking lot. Don't sit at Hardy's on, you know, one morning and say, well, I can't believe what's going on over there at Freedom. You call one of the staff members or you call an elder. And you, you've got to do that. You've got to stay informed. I want to encourage you to keep inviting people. This church is, we still need this church in this community. We need a church that does church like this but is not gigantic because some people aren't going to go to gigantic church. Some people want to come to this church, and, but they don't know about it unless you invite them. You need to keep serving. And then I want you to pray daily for your staff and your elders. Pray for those people by name daily. And then I want you to believe I want you to believe that the best chapters of the Freedom Fellowship story have yet to be written. I believe that to be true. I believe that God has a man to be the pastor of this church, and he's going to be able to lead you to do things that I was unable to lead you to do. I believe that he is going to be able to teach you things that I was unable to teach you. I believe that he is going to be able to inspire you to be followers of Jesus better than I could have. And you know what? That's what I want to see happen. Nothing would make me happier as if I come back here and visit in a year or two years and y'all say, hey, we're glad you're here, but man, this guy here, he is really better than you were. That's what I want. That is what I want. And I want you to say, this church is healthier than it's ever been, Cliff. Thanks for taking us to where you did, but man, we're going somewhere new now. That's what I want. I want that with all of my heart. I don't know how many of you have read through the Bible, uh, but it, when you read through, uh, especially in the Old Testament, it's always interesting to see the transitions that happen from leader to leader and to see just how in God's timing everything is just so finalized. And, and where it's like, oh, you got this leader, he's great, he's great, he's great, he's gone, now there's the next leader and we're moving on. You know, when you, if you look in, in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 34, 5 and 8, it talks about the death of Moses, and then you know what it says in Deuteronomy 35, 9? and Joshua. And then you go to 2 Kings 2, 10 and 11, it talks about David and King David and the death of David. And then 1 Kings 2, 12, the next words are, so Solomon. We're, today, we're going to go out to Lake Cunningham when this service is over. We're going to eat some good food. We're going to reminisce. We're going to hug. We're going to laugh. We're going to probably cry a little bit. And it's going to be awesome. And then we're just going to talk about all the great stuff God has done and, and, uh, and, and how I've gotten to be a part of that. But then tomorrow, this church moves on. So let's reminisce today. But then tomorrow, the next chapter is being written. Don't talk about me next week. 
Don't think about me next week. You come in and you pray for the future of this church. You serve your heart out. You give more than you've ever given. You, you invite more than you've ever invited. And remember that the God who led us to this point is going to lead us in the future. Let me pray. Father God, it's overwhelming to think about what you've done and the way that you've moved in the hearts of people. And thank you for allowing me just to, to have a part of what you've done in this church. You're a good, gracious, kind, and loving God. We celebrate you today, most of all. We celebrate what you did for us on the cross and what you did for us through the resurrection, and it's only because of that hope that we can be here today. Thank you for the way you're going to lead this church in the future. Thank you for what you've done for us in the past. And I pray that today, the month of June 2015, in this part of South Carolina, I pray that we would follow your word more than we ever have before. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing this closing song. That we know that, that exactly where the Lord is leading us, he is with us. He is guiding us.
rise, my soul rests in your embrace, for I am yours, and you are mine. Amen. Cliff, I usually know what you're going to speak on, and I have to admit to you that um, when you said Deuteronomy, did you hear me laugh out loud? <laughs> I thought, yeah, what a joke. That was a great message. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, um, we want to, uh, first of all, invite you to come to Lake Cunningham. I hope that you all will. And we got plenty of food, and I shouldn't even tell you what it is if you don't know, because you ought to just come, but it's Bucky's Barbecue. And so I hope that you'll come for that. And also, I, I'm probably tell you again, but after after we dismiss here in just a moment, it, you you may not be able to come over there for whatever reason. If you brought a card or a gift or whatever for them, we have a, a basket that we're going to have down here, and you can put that in there if you don't want to just give it to them. Probably really be better if you if you do have something, put it in the basket so they're not trying to keep stuff in their hands, and we'll give that all to them over. At the, at the lake. But I'm going to ask that. Tracy Burkhalter is one of our elders. And he's going to come come now and uh, say a few words. And Cliff, if, if you and, and Sherry and, and Grace and Emily. Emily's already here. If y'all would all just uh, just come come up here. Can y'all hear me? There we are. Okay, guys. Um, this is a, a thank you for this family here. And it, it's not a substitution for your personal thank you. So y'all make sure you hug these guys and thank them for years of service. We're appreciative. Uh, we love you. Uh, Cliff, you've, you've established this church. Um, you got a strong foundation here. Ten years. And... Uh, we're appreciative of that. The church is going to grow because of what you've done. The folks that you're going to go see uh, from here are going to benefit from the things that you've learned, um, from the skills that God has given you. And I believe it's the right thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing about it and to seeing uh, what God's going to do through your life. So. The church has this gift for you and for your family. And uh, for, for whatever you wish, uh, family vacation, whatever, whatever you see fit. But uh, it's just a thank you. Guys, don't forget to thank these guys personally. Hug them. Tell them you love them. Wasn't that mean of us to ask Tracy to do that? And the fact is that we're all big crybabies and nobody else wanted to do it. So we made Tracy. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Tracy. We do hope you guys will use that. Uh, you, you know, now you can go buy that new boat. And sit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we do want to. Um, we have many times since this church uh, has begun, we've gathered people around and we've prayed for them. 
big crybaby. Cliff's a bigger crybaby than I am, but I usually have a hard time getting it <laughs> turned off. <laughs> but we want to pray for these guys. Um, I've said a couple of weeks ago, just thinking, not ironic, but uh, God's timing. We've been in support of sending people out from the beginning. And now we get to send you out. So I'm going to take this off so it don't hear me go. (laughs) (laughs) So what I want to do is just have you guys come here in the middle. I'm going to ask our elders if they would come forward first. And uh, we also have a a couple of elders uh, who were on earlier and, and Either they rotated off, and some of them are, uh, you know, Lance, he moved away, so he couldn't be an elder, and, and Trey, he, he had to move away, and he wasn't an elder anymore because of that, but they're here today, so they're, they're coming forward, and, and uh, those that rotated off. <coughs> and also now, uh, what I'd like for us to do, and this will be, a, it'll be a little bit awkward or whatever because of space or whatever, but just everybody else, if you guys, uh, maybe your uh, your family, uh, Bob, James, y'all want to come, just kind of get in close, rest of the family here, just come around where you can touch somebody, rest of you guys fill in, you may be standing kind of up in the aisles, that's okay, but just come on down, let's gather around them, everybody kind of can just get where you're touching somebody. <clears throat> Go ahead and just come on down. Like I say, it's it's a cramped space, and you may end up kind of standing in the aisle, or you may be the first row behind here, in the in the seats where you can. here has a chance, opportunity to get where you want to be. <clears throat> I thought we'd just kind of stand in awkward silence for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Cliff looked at me like, no, no we won't. Okay, uh, if you would, I, I'll try to lead us in a prayer and just get to where you're connected with somebody. Let, let's pray. God, thank you um, for Cliff and his family. Uh, thank you for uh, planning the idea in his mind and his heart to start Freedom Fellowship. Uh, for his leadership and his obedience to you and, and uh, having a leader who honestly has uh, your church your church's best interest in mind. And uh, so, Lord, we just thank you, and we're able to celebrate uh, everything that, that's happened. And we know uh, it's not because of him, but it's just an example of what you do through people who are willing to let you. Lord, um, I ask that you bless this family, that you protect them, uh, that you give them 
uh, what they need, that you encourage them in the days to come. I'm sure um, they'll continue to deal with different emotions and things, but just, just be with them. Let them know that, you, that you're with them and that this church loves them and supports them. And uh, Lord, we pray for all the churches and the, the, even the people right now who are just praying about you, they start a church. That Cliff will be in their path and he'll, he'll give them guidance and give them direction, some wisdom that he's gained uh, as a pastor of this church. And uh, so just, just uh, bless them. Give him what he needs to encourage other people. So today, Lord, joyfully, we send them out to continue to make a difference in your kingdom. And as he multiplies his giftedness and what you've given him as he passes that along to others. So bless them, and we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen.